Hello and welcome back to the Proud Horse Girl podcast, the podcast where we chat about what it means to be a horse girl and our experiences in the equestrian world. I'm so glad to have you listening today. I'm your host, Annika Stadelweiser, and today on the podcast I'll be chatting with my old friend Megan Schaller. So thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast, Megan. I'm really excited to chat with you. It's always nice to have an old friend on here. And obviously, you and I started riding together both at Duke Ranches around the time that Laura and I also started riding together. So it's always nice to kind of reconnect and chat about our experiences now in the equestrian world, given that we've known each other for a very long time. But obviously, everyone else might not know you as well. So why don't you start by telling everyone a bit about you, your horses, and kind of where you are with riding right now. Yeah, so I am Megan, as you said. Um, I have two horses. I own one, um, and I lease the other. Uh, so the one I own is Kira, and I've had her since 2014. Um, she's currently retired and living her best life. Uh, and the other one is Ellie. Uh, she's pretty new to the clan. I just started leasing her in December. Um, There's not too, too much going on right now, obviously, with COVID. Um, But I've done up to the, I've done meter tens once, and I've done mostly the meters um, competitive-wise. There's not too much beyond that. And you got into riding at Duke Ranches, but how did that kind of come to be? Like, what kind of inspired you to get into riding, I guess? Yeah, so it's kind of funny. I've just always really loved horses, um, as most horse people can say. And up until I actually started taking lessons, my family just couldn't afford it because I was in daycare. And then when I met Laura, she actually helped me convince my mom to let me take lessons at Duke's. Um, Because I met Laura in grade five in school. (laughs) I started uh, riding in 2011, just before my 11th birthday. So it's going to be coming up on 10 years for me this year. Very exciting. And you moved to Killarney the same time as as Laura. You guys kind of went together from Duke Ranches. Is that right? Um, It was about the same time. She went first um, because Electra moved and she decided to pursue the lease on Electra. Um, and then the coaching just changed and I wanted to move to a competitive level. Uh, so we went and spoke to Kathleen at Killarney and it seemed like a good fit. Um, and I started riding a lovely gelding named Jim, um, who I proceeded to lease within the next couple of months. And I leased him for about a year. Nice. And you've had Kira for about six years now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And how did that come to be? Kind of how was your journey to to getting Kira and starting to own her? and um, It was really abrupt, actually. Um, so we kind of just got hit with the lease ending uh, really unexpectedly on my little gelding. So I didn't have much time to find a horse. And with my anxiety and stuff, my mom thought it would be better to look at purchasing a horse instead of leasing so we didn't fall in the same situation. So I tried a couple of horses. I think I tried three... No, it wasn't very many, like three or four. Um, Kira was the last horse I tried. Um, and we actually brought her into Killarney for me to trial. And the owner offered a really good trial period just because she'd been out of work. And it just like, it wasn't 
pretty or perfect by <laughs> any means. But um, with the budget we were working with, she just seemed to be the best option. So I wouldn't say it was love at first sight or anything. We fought a lot for a long time, but I wouldn't change anything <laughs> for, the, for the world. Yeah, she's been a pretty great horse. And obviously now you've had to retire her, um, which I'm sure was a very hard choice, especially with your first horse. So do you want to talk a little bit about that and kind of how that choice came to be and maybe if you knew how you would continue riding after that or if it was kind of uncertainty whether you would have another horse? And I mean, now you've found Ellie, but at the time? Yeah, so it was definitely a hard decision. As I was open about earlier this year, Kira got her hawks done for the first time. And it was good. She was going really, really well after she was starting to put on top line, which had been a big a big issue for quite a while. Um, she just, no matter how hard we seemed to work and how correct she was working, she just wouldn't build anything, which is when I had the vet out um, and we determined it was her hawks. And then it was really, really good. We went to Thunderbird. I had some of my best rides. She was so, so happy. Her whole attitude had changed. And then we had Harvest, which I mean, wasn't great, but she still felt good there. And then probably about a week after we got back from Harvest, she just, uh, she got super sour. She just wasn't working right. She felt not lame, but not how she should feel after just having her hawks done not that long before. And just to make sure I wasn't reading into things, I had Tara hop on her and Tara agreed it just wasn't right. And I just, uh, I think in my gut, I knew because she had just had them done the first time. So realistically, they should have they should have lasted longer than half a year at, sh- at the shortest. So I kind of knew what I was going to hear going into the vet appointment I had made. And then also just bef- like two days before her vet appointment, she went dead lame in the front, which I'm pretty sure was arthritis because she's had pretty limited movement in her knees for a little bit. But she wasn't showing any obvious signs of discomfort. So we were just kind of going along um so then on the monday despite my horse being still pretty lame in the front we just did what we could in determining her hind end and she still tested more positive than she should have for having her hawks just done and the vet kind of said you know i don't want to be the person to say you need to retire your horse but you know i don't think she's going to hold up to long-term work um at the rate you're doing um she said we could have kept injecting her you know, every few months, she probably would have needed her hawks and her SI done. Um, and it would have only been sustainable for maybe two years. And I just didn't feel it was fair to keep pushing her and pushing her for my own personal gain, especially if it was going to leave her worse off long term just for being pasture sound. So I decided to let her hang out in a field. She's not broken. She's not dead lame. Uh, come summertime, I'm probably going to do some fun stuff with her, maybe some trail rides, nothing super serious. And at this, the time this all had happened, Ellie was listed for sale. Uh, Kaylin had made the decision to sell her. Um, and it just kind of worked out in my favor that they were willing to lease her out until she sells. So the timing just really, really worked out well for me and Ellie and Kaylin, <laughs> just everybody in general, I guess. Uh, so that's kind of how Ellie came about. It was just really good timing. Yeah, she seems pretty cool. I mean, I saw her at the show and she seems like a pretty cool horse. And it's funny that they look so similar too. Like you got two horses that just like look so similar. Oh, it's ridiculous. People at the barn sometimes I don't think even realize I currently have two horses because they'll be talking to me about Ellie and I'll have Kira in front of me. And then I'm like, yeah, this is my other one. And they're like, oh, you have another one. 
<laughs> yeah. Do you just love gray horses or is that just total coincidence? It's kind of a coincidence. Funny, when we were going to try Kira, my mom was so against having a gray horse. She was like, I don't even like gray horses. And then by the end of the day, she was like, she's kind of pretty, I guess. Um, yeah. And then I kind of, I mean, talking to my friends and stuff. I mean, I don't have anything against any color horse. I wouldn't not, I wouldn't not buy a horse because of their color, but I really did not want another gray, but it just kind of happened to go that way. Yeah, that's funny. When I went or when I was shopping for a horse, the like one thing I didn't want was a bay and a quarter horse because I was like, that's boring. But it seems like you always end up with what you're not looking for. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny how things work out. Yeah. So what are you hoping to accomplish with Ellie? Do you think, like, obviously you said she's still for sale, so you don't plan on buying a second horse right now? So I'm, act- I'm a full-time student right now, um, as well as working. Um, so funds are kind of tight. Uh, time is kind of tight. Uh, so leasing is, is a good thing, I think, for me right now, because if for whatever reason I get too busy... Um, I have the option of ending the lease, which I don't plan on doing anytime soon, of course. But I mean, come show season, if I have the time and the money, I'd like to do a couple shows on Ellie and kind of see where that takes us. So everything's like, I don't have any set in stone plans right now, just because I do have a lot going on. And my school term goes from January to October. Yeah. And I mean, it is COVID. (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, obviously, yeah, with COVID too, it makes it even harder. COVID's just messing everything up. Yep, I know. It's the whole year is just one big question mark. I think nobody's making any concrete plans because it's just too much is up in the air right now. Yeah, so I mean, if shows, if there's shows, I'll hopefully do a couple. Tara's probably gonna have to help me out for some days because I have physical classes on Thursdays. So in Jumper World, usually we start on Thursdays. Yeah, that's true. What are you in school for? Uh, I'm in school for massage therapy. Oh, I did know that. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, so it's a two-year program. I just finished my first month. So far, I mean, I really like it. I'm definitely busy. I only have one day off a week. Yeah, I know. It is hard being in school and having horses and working and doing all that stuff. It just takes so much time, which I think is, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. I work I work four days a week and I uh, help Tara out usually on Wednesdays um, with her rides. I usually tack some horses up for her. And then I'm in school in person on Thursdays. Um, so I have usually Saturdays off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to do your own stuff one day. That's all you need. You know, just sleep a little bit, do a little relaxing. <laughs> I know. It's funny thinking back to the days that we used to, or at least I think back to when I used to ride like four or five days a week. And now I'm just like, that takes way too much time. Like I, I would love to do that, but where's the time? Oh my gosh. I still like, even with this, I'm I mean, not with the cold, because I haven't been riding much with, with the cold snap, just because I feel too guilty. But I'm still, like, even on top of all of this, I'm still riding, usually five days a week. Good for you. I I can't find that that time. But that's why I have a leaser. I mean, that way he gets ridden, even if it's not by me. Yeah, that's nice. So... What would you say are some of kind of the best lessons you've learned from riding? Um, Maybe even that can apply kind of to life in general. I think riding teaches a lot of life lessons as well as, you know, riding lessons. Yeah, um, I think 
I've learned a lot of patience through horses for sure. I've never per se been a short-tempered person, but I think riding teaches you that if you ask one way and they don't understand, you need to find a better way to ask or a way that they understand more. So I think you can take that to real life too. I guess not real life. It is real life. But you can take that outside of horses where if you explain something one way and somebody doesn't understand, there's always a better way to explain it. Um, I think riding's also taught a lot of responsibility, especially in the sense that I have an accident-prone horse. So I've learned a lot of medical skills and, you know, I have to be there to do this and I can't cheap out because I have to be there. I learned that this spring, even I don't have like Diesel's not accident prone, but he got into an accident this spring. And yet when you have to go out to give meds or whatever twice a day, there's just no way around that. You know, you just have to be there. And yeah, because when my because my horse, obviously, um, Kira had the stick come out of her leg in 2017. I was out there every day for two months. And then she hasn't been too, too bad lately, but just recently she split her face open. So I've been having to go out every day to check her bandage to make sure that it's still intact and not that not that she's ripped all her stitches out. Crazy. They The things they manage to do to themselves, you just, you wonder. <laughs> I would love to know what she did this most recent one on. We are all kind of stumped. Yeah, that is, yeah, I saw the pictures, just crazy. And the stick thing was like, back in, you said 2017, that was crazy as well. I genuinely did not think she would be sound after that. Yeah, that's a good point. Nerve-wracking, I'm sure, and a long recovery too. It actually it wasn't like it it definitely took some time, but I feel like it took less time than a lot of people would expect considering she had two gaping holes on the back of her leg. Like I this happened I think at the be- or at the end of May and I s- took my first canter on her in September. Yeah. So just a summer. It's not, yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, I was already sitting on her by um, mid and July. Yeah, and they certainly, I found any time that I have to go out, like, every day or whatever to give meds, Diesel always starts to just love me so much more because you only go out to, like, give food or whatever. So he's, like, he would always be so happy to see me. But then when you go out to ride again, then that that fades. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Kira, since being retired, is a total diva. She she just like screams at me now and she's like, you got my snacks? And whenever I bring her in, she's so angry at all the other horses. But then I come out of the tack room and she just yells at me. She's like, do you have my treats? <laughs> she knows she knows what life is all about now. She's like, I got this figured out, this retirement thing. It's nice. <laughs> she's really living her best life. <laughs> yeah. So... I think I want to chat a bit about kind of your social media presence. I think you're a really open and authentic rider. I know leading up to this, I was kind of going back and scrolling through your posts and you really are very just open with what's going on with your horses and your life. And even when I came and photographed you guys at Harvest, I mean, it wasn't the best day for you, but it it was just very clear. You're very kind of determined and just strong person in general. And yeah, I, I just wanted to chat a bit kind of what inspired that just authentic attitude and yeah, just that presence that you kind of put out there. Yeah, um, it's a uh, social media is a tough place. And I think a lot of people know that um, there's a lot of cyberbullying. There's just a lot of mean people in general. And there's we've we all talk about it, but I feel like not everybody acknowledges the fact that people just like to post what's perfect online. 
And I think that creates insecurities in other people because they see all these other people just having perfect lives or perfect rides all the time. And it makes you feel bad because, well, maybe you just had a bad ride or, you know, your horse isn't as nice or, you know, you have cheaper tech, you know, just things like that. And it's just, I want people to know that it's not always good. There's a lot of bad that happens. I mean, we deal with large creatures with a mind of their own. Not every day is going to be a good day. (laughs) I feel like it's just, it's refreshing when you see somebody be open and not be scared to kind of like say what's happening. I mean, everybody knows that not everybody has a perfect life, but when it's all you see online, it's hard not to believe it. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you also chat a lot about like, you have a very large support system. And I also saw that at the show, like Tara seems like such a great coach. And then your mom was also really supportive and you have, you know, all the barn girls who you ride with and Laura and everybody. So has that been kind of a really big part of just kind of inspiring this or just being kind of a more authentic, I guess, to because ha- you know you have the support system kind of backing you up? I Yeah, I would say it affects it um, to an extent. I mean, I think part of me just wants to be the most authentic version of myself I can be, but I don't think I would be able to do that without my support system because... I want to say I started being more open after I moved to Overbrook and joined Tara. Tara's really just like a shining star in my life. I don't know what I would do without her anymore. She completely changed my life so much for the better. I I really don't know what I would do without her. She's so, so great. I like I really I think I moved at the best time possible. And it was just so great how things lined up. And then of course my mom she's, I don't even have words for my mom. I love her so much. She's the most supportive person I could have ever asked for. I know some people still have supportive parents and they appreciate them, but they're more from a distance. And my mom's just so involved and she just wants to be there and help as much as possible. And I like, she's, she's my, my biggest fan (laughs) and I, I'm so appreciative of her. And of course, my team. My team is so, so good. There's no drama. I don't do well with drama. I get so anxious and withdrawn. And I think that was part of the issue before I moved. There was just a a bit of drama. Nothing that I was ever involved of, but just it being at the barn made me anxious. So this team is so, so good for not having any drama. And it's just such a good supportive team and a good positive environment. Nice. Yeah. And so I know you chat, you talked a little bit earlier about kind of what you're hoping for this year with Ellie and to maybe get in the show ring, but what would you say are some of your goals with riding kind of maybe longer term? And I mean, yeah, just once you maybe finish the massage program, are you hoping to kind of keep competing? Oh, yeah, I definitely like I I obviously just want to learn as much as possible. I feel like that's a lot of people's goals. I feel like you can never learn enough. So I'm always trying to soak up information and competing wise. I definitely, I have a lot of anxiety around competing, but I do still love competing. Um, So I do want to keep competing. And one day I hope to do the bigger classes, whether that's in the next five years, 10 years, whenever I eventually, I think it would be really cool and really fun. I know that as the jumps go bigger, the courses get more technical. And I, there's something, there's something really satisfying about, riding a technical course well so I definitely do eventually want to do like maybe the 20s and 30s or you know wherever that takes me 
So you just, sorry, you just mentioned your, you have some anxiety around showing. So what would you say is like your best way to handle that? And how do you kind of handle that before you go into the ring and try to not, you know, let it impact your rides? Quite honestly, it's really, really hard for me. Um, Sometimes I don't deal with it well at all. Before my first jumper show with Overbrook, I'm not even going to lie, I got sick. So I don't deal with it as well as probably a lot of people do. Well, it's a a hard thing to deal with, I think, for anybody. Yeah, I tend, I, like, I do better if I don't watch a lot before my class, just, just a little bit. And I kind of have to keep myself busy. Um, If I don't keep myself busy, I just sit and I build, which is never good because I'm somebody who gets, you know, panic attacks and all that fun stuff. So I just find if I'm, if I keep myself busy or if I have somebody around me, um, that's kind of a calming presence, like Laura or my mom. Um, Carly's a good one because she doesn't get nervous at shows usually. Yeah, I've kind of noticed that about her. Oh, she's she's so calm at shows. I'm I'm so envious because she's never nervous. Meanwhile, I'm ringside like jittering. So Carly's usually a good one to have around. And of course, Tara is always really good because Tara's super uh, intuitive and she's very sensitive to emotions. Um, so she's really good to have in your corner because she just knows usually. So sh- she can catch it and usually help simmer you down a little bit (laughs) do you think that kira like was kira a sensitive horse who would kind of pick up on that stuff or was she pretty steady no matter what because i know some horses obviously will pick up on that and get anxious themselves or get worked up so i wouldn't i wouldn't say she would get worked up but she is a sensitive horse for sure she's super spooky naturally um so she's a little bit more on edge than you know say ellie who doesn't really know what's going on half the time, I want to say. So Kira's definitely super sensitive to things like that. And I mean, I think that's half of what happened at Harvest is that I just wasn't 100% there. And Kira really, really fed off of that. And see, because I mean, at Harvest, we warmed up really, really well. And as soon as we got in the ring, I got in my own head. And then of course, Kira can only save me so much. So she, she's definitely sensitive. And if you go in with the mindset of, like, we're not going to get around. You're not going to get around. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you guys were still awesome to watch at Harvest, and especially in the warm-up ring. I only wish that last year I could have been at T-Bird and seen you guys, because I know it was an awesome show. Oh my gosh, T-Bird was everything I could have dreamed of and more. That's so awesome. I, I really hope that I get to go this year and take some pictures. It seems like such a cool venue, and just like to get to go to kind of a show that's farther away, I think makes the whole competition thing seem more like real somehow yeah it's oh my gosh the venue is amazing and of course you're in bc so we did a lot of adventuring around and like the beaches it was so nice because i have not traveled a lot like the last time i traveled before thunderbird was to ontario when i was um eight as me being 20 years old now so it's been a while so it was just like the venue of course is gorgeous but just the traveling was so much fun too yeah, I bet. I know. Fingers crossed that we have horse shows this year and everything and that it can I get to go this year. So my final question that I have been asking all my guests is, do you have any comments about the equestrian community in general? And what would be one thing that you would change if you could or would educate people about in the horse world if you could? I feel like it kind of goes off of maybe what Laura said a little bit in mental health. I definitely wish more people would understand like anxiety, depression, 
things kind of along those lines because as somebody who you know has anxiety it definitely is hard especially when you've got different triggers it's not even around like the show world like like I said earlier with you know drama drama really triggers my anxiety and it makes me not want to go to the barn and then I feel like especially online on Instagram say there's sometimes it's just a lot of drama revolving the horse community and I feel like it just needs to calm down a little bit like support each other times are hard enough right now whether you whether you agree with what somebody's doing or not it's not really your place so if you don't have something nice to say just don't say it yeah I know I I couldn't agree more I think like it's not even being repetitive because Laura said it it's just such a big thing in the horse world I think that people don't really recognize as much as they should. I wish, like, because I think um, I was listening to your other, I think it was your last podcast where you just were by yourself. And you had mentioned, not that it's catty, but the sh- it's just competitive in that sense. Mm-hmm. And I just, I wish, I wish that would be toned down. And I wish we were just more supportive of each other, no matter what, what the discipline, what the, you know, what, if we're show jumping or dressage or Western, like, I just wish there was more support as a whole. Yeah, I know. I couldn't agree more. Whenever I'm at the show ring, like, I always try to say good luck to the person going in before me and then, like, to tell the person coming out, like, that they had a good ride when they're done. And I always got so many weird looks from people because, I mean, it's people you don't know generally. And people would just look at me like I was crazy to be, like, just congratulating or wishing good luck to this person that I don't know. But I just think it's, you should just put that positivity out there. Like, everybody wants to hear that they had a good ride or to have someone cheering them on. So You know, that's that's so true. I um, I think it was at one of my shows in 2019, I came out of the ring and somebody, like, that I didn't know told me that I had a good ride. And it was such a good feeling. Like, it, it made my whole day. Yeah, I know. Just saying, like, a little thing like that can just be such an uplifting thing. And if we all just took a little bit of time to do that, it would make a big difference, I think. I agree. Yeah. Awesome. Well, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you on social media? I'm sure after our conversation today, lots of people will want to look you up and find out more about you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was really fun. I was really looking forward to it. So my Instagram is greyjumper. So gray is spelt with an E, not an A, because I know there's the two different ways. Um, so it's just greyjumper with the E. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I had a lot of fun and it was really great to hear about some of your insights. And it was just an awesome conversation. And I'm sure everyone else will have loved listening to it as well. And thank you guys all for listening. Remember to hug your horse and give them an extra cookie for me and keep on being a proud horse girl.